0: If you really should consider coming to the Unlocked Conference. It will expose hidden potential that you didn't realize that you had. And so if you come to the Unlocked Conference, you will be propelled to the next level.
1: If I could think of one word about the Unlocked Women's Conference, I would have to say refreshed. Anytime I attend the conference, which is every year because I don't want to miss it, I just leave feeling so refreshed for my purpose, for what God's called me to do. It unlocks the things that you know deep down in your spirit, but maybe you're not walking in. And it just brings you to a new place with God. And so, it's so powerful. So I really wanna encourage you to make plans to attend the Unlocked Women's Conference. Don't miss it, you are gonna leave renewed and refreshed and changed like never before.
2: It's the most encouraging time of the year. It's the time that I get to be refreshed and renewed in the spirit of God and all his promises that he has for me. It gives me hope for my future and the future for my family. I learn new things and new ways to go deeper in the spirit of God so that I can be effective in my walk with him. I encourage everyone to make plans to attend this year's Unlocked Women's Conference, hosted by our pastor, Beverly Bilbo. The one thing
0: that I could say about the Unlocked Conference, it is refreshing um, in a world where especially women feel so overwhelmed with motherhood and work and mommy duties and mimi duties and wifely duties. It is a real refresher for the soul and the spirit and i just want to urge everybody if you can to attend the unlocked conference you will not be disappointed
2: And we're getting ready to get started again for unlocked 2021 women's conference. So um we're getting ready to do praise and worship. So just to give um a little housekeeping, we are streaming, so be mindful of the cameras. They're pointed at you. I'm just kidding. All right, thank you. Praise team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: What? <laughs>
0: we give you praise. We worship you, Lord. Even when I can't see in the midst of all chaos, God, I know you're working, yes, you are. Oh, Holy Spirit, give us peace that surpasses all understanding today. Oh, yes, you're the light in the darkness. That is who you are. Yes, Lord when I can't see it you're working even when I can't feel it you're working oh God you never stop that is who you are thank you Lord God we worship you today we thank you that you are the miracle worker God, you are the promise keeper. You never break your promise. Your word says that you stick closer to, to uh, closer than any brother, oh God. And we just give you praise. We thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, we ask that your Holy Spirit would have your way. In
2: Jesus' name, amen. 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 Miracle worker, that is who you are. Waymaker. We thank you, Father. So as we move forward in our um, Unlocked Women's Conference. So this next speaker and our guest speaker for today, um, I'm going to be short even though I know I can't be long, but I, I know they don't want me to because we don't have time. <laughs> so, But I'm just gonna give you um, a quick overview. I met her in 2007, but she has been known to the family a lot longer than that. But from the very first moment that I met her, she heard about me and I heard about her and we embraced. And we became great friends ever since. And I'm gonna tell you why, because she is one of the the, um, Bilbo's that loves to hug. So therefore, (laughs) I love to hug her. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce one of the women who taught me about asking myself this question. Do you have the capacity? I remember she, um, and she always preaches and ministers with props, so I hope she has something today. No? Yes? <laughs> but she, I remember she gave us um, a bottle cap, bottle tops. You remember that? You remember that? And I'll never forget that sermon because that sermon pushed me to think about my capacity for Jesus. I'm asking and praying for things, but am I ready to receive it? Do I have what it takes to get it done? Am I ready to really work for for the ministry of God and what he has called me to do? So with a warm welcome, I'm more than sure she's going to challenge us again today because she always does. I give you Miss Rochelle Bilbo. Do Do you want a hug? Yes, I
0: do.
1: it is so good to see everybody everybody with us online today happy to have y'all all here amen so i'm just gonna jump right in to the word of course i miss all you guys and then there's so many like new faces that i don't know a few people introduced themselves so that's super exciting too, that God's house is is growing and He's doing awesome thing, but uh, so I want to talk to you like last year at this time where I was at in life. I don't know that this season has totally ended, but last year at this time and I'm bringing it up for a point, we had just put our house on the market. Has anybody like bought and sold? before, like you bought a house, you sold a house. Anybody sold a house before? It is stressful. It is very stressful. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I kind of like to be in control a little bit. And that is the one thing like you cannot be in control of. You could get your house ready. You could, you know, you could put it on the market. You can make sure that it's the cleanest, prettiest looking house on the market. You could do all those things, put so much work into it, but you can't control who's coming, right? You can't control the buyer. Like you really have to trust God in that season and have so much trust, and that stresses me out. When I get in those seasons where I'm like, I just feel like I'm out of control. I feel like I've done everything I'm supposed to do, but now I can't control it. So that's where I was at last year at this uh, at this time. We were trying to sell our house, and and if you would have asked me in that moment, I would been like, Oh yeah, it's cool. I'm good. Yeah, I'm just trusting God. Yeah. But I look back now and I'm like, Yo, I was a mess. I was like totally freaking out. We had this little girl at our church. She's in college. I say little girl. That's when you know you're getting older when you're like, they had this little girl and they're in their twenties. Um, so she was she was in from Monroe. She's from Homa. Uh, she has a little country twang now. College just did it to her that fast. And so she was working for us and she's like so um like sis, like, you seem a little stressed out. And I'm like, oh, no, girl, I'm good. She's like, but, let, like, let's talk about this. Like, aren't you a pastor? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, isn't faith, like, supposed to be your thing? <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> So, yes, God did the miracle. We sold the house, you know, freaked out for nothing. But we have been in a, like, nine-month season of renovating. I text Miss Trudy way too much. You're so patient. Um, And then, like, okay, so I also text you with questions, but then I, like, stalk you. You don't even know what's going on. Like, if you see a shadow, like, it was not a shadow. It was probably me in the corners of your house. I'm on Instagram all the time trying to see if you don't know Miss Trudy's, like, one of the most most fabulous interior designers designer and so I'm like on her Instagram page watching the video screenshotting video clips and like instead of what would Jesus do I'm like what would Trudy do in this moment like you know, I'm going to my mom for organizational ideas and different things. You have to spread it out, all right? So if you're a little crazy like me, don't put that burden on one person. <laughs> you cannot do that. You really have to spread that out amongst people. So Miss Trudy gets a portion. My in-laws get a portion. My mom gets a portion. Have, I have tons of people getting a portion so that it's manageable for everybody. So, <laughs> so we were, you know, so now we're in this season of trying to renovate our house. And for the... Oh, gosh, I'm not even going to get into this part. But, you know, sometimes contractors can just be a little frustrating, right? And so we haven't had cabinet doors for about eight months. We didn't have cabinets for a while. But now we've had cabinets but we just didn't have doors and so you know it's really nice honestly like it wasn't the best looking situation but it's real nice to like go to a pantry you don't have to open a door like you could grab whatever you want grab the chocolate right there you don't even have to think twice about it because you're not even taking time to open a door like your cups you just grab a cup you grab a plate well y'all in the last 48 hours something wonderful has happened to me but it's like my brain has fallen out my head so we have cabinet doors which is great. We don't have like the handles up yet, but we have doors. But now I'm going to these like cabinets into this pantry. And it's like, I can't remember what's supposed to be behind the door. (laughs) I'm like, where's my plates? Where's my cups? And now I have to take time to open these doors. And I'm going somewhere with this. You know, it's wonderful that it's kind of coming together. But I know, Miss Kim, you're in a season like this, probably where it feels like where there were doors that were once like, you know, easy to open and easy to access because, you know, three days ago, I could just access anything. It was easy. I could just grab it. I could use whatever I want. But now access is a little more difficult. It's a little more difficult. So there were doors that once were always open to me that now it's a little more difficult. And I don't know if you feel like that or if you've been in seasons of life where maybe once you felt like you had easy access, this was an easy thing. This wasn't a difficult thing. And now I feel like everything's a struggle. Everything's difficult. And it, it's a little, you know, harder to push through. And what I find is we get in these seasons and these seasons of just stress and, and where we're totally overwhelmed. And we start saying things like, well, now all I could do is pray. Now all I could do is trust. Like, it's the Constellation Prize. Like, why did we not start with prayer? You know, but have y'all heard that? Have y'all said that? People are like, well, what you could do? Well, now all we could do is pray. And I'm like, now we should have started with that. You know, I kind of look at it kind of like a a pyramid. We have to rebuild the foundation of our miracle because what happens is if you're like me, if you're a doer, you know, I'll bring you back to the house projects. I'm going to do, do, do. I'm going to try to get everything I could do in my own strength done. And I try to build the foundation with my strength. And it's like that upside down pyramid that's just kind of wobbly because it's on that point. And some of us, we have to rebuild the foundation Foundation for our miracle. We have to rebuild it on prayer, because prayer is not the consolation. Uh, You know, faith is not the consolation. It's what God is calling us to do. But I don't know about you guys. I like ride that line because we have to. We have to work, right? The Bible talks about work. I, I am not lazy. I wasn't born to be lazy. I wasn't raised to be lazy. And I know just the women across the shrum. I know that you guys are hard workers. But there's a fine line between putting, you know, action to our faith and putting the trust in ourselves. And I don't know about you guys, but I ride that line a lot. I'm a little extra. I'm not the, <laughs> I was born a little extra. And, and I know there, y- y'all don't lie to me. There are some Karens in here <laughs> that are a little extra. To, is there like a real Karen? I hope, uh, okay. <laughs> I will tell you, let me say this, okay? Cause the Karen thing will probably pass, but you know who is very grateful for every Karen out there? Felicia. <laughs> Because when Karen came on the scene, everybody literally said, bye, Felicia, and you don't even hear about Felicia anymore, <laughs> but Karen is a wonderful name. If you're watching, Karen, we all love you. I'm right there with you. They could they could be calling it Rochelle. It, you know, it would be the same thing. But I, I am 100% extra in fifth grade. I started a newspaper for our school. I thought that was necessary. I, uh, I had a book. It was called The Leopard Gazette. We were the leopards. Uh, I had a book report I had to do in the fifth grade. I crocheted the book cover. That was not a requirement. <laughs> at all. It was like a a history report. I will make up jobs where jobs did not exist. Anybody else with me in here? And look, that's wonderful, right? We're getting it done. But there's that moment where we tip over that line of, I'm doing everything in my own strength, trying to make my own miracle happen, and we're not putting the trust in God that we need to put in God. And you know the thing about trust is, it sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? Like, people come to you with situations, and you're like, you know, the most tragic things, and we're like, just trust God. Like, you don't know what I'm walking through. We've gotten to the point in counseling, and this is probably not appropriate to say or to say to people, but they'll tell us situations now, and we're just like, man, that really sucks. I am so sorry, and we'll emphasize, and then we'll talk about trusting God, Um, (laughs) because sometimes people just want to know that, you know, it's a rotten situation. We'll tell people, people struggling with war marriage, we're like, listen, it is going to be difficult, and Brandon does use the word sucks. It's going to suck either way. I'm so sorry, Nanny. This is how we're counseling people. (laughs) I (laughs) know. Now I'm like, yeah. So, but he'll tell them. I'm going to change my verbiage. But uh, he'll tell them this is going to be difficult really, really bad. If you stay together, it is going to be so hard. If you split up, it's going to be so hard. So you just need to prepare yourself for difficult. And that wasn't even in my message. but, But, you know, for somebody... But we talk about trust, and, you know, we do make it just sound so easy. We make it, uh, like, the, you ever heard the song Oceans? Such a beautiful worship song. And it's like, God, I don't even know what state of mind they were. They must have been, like, basically in heaven when they wrote it. God, lead me to a place where my trust is without borders. And it's like you're imagining this person just worshiping, you know, in the ocean. It's that song Oceans, and they're just worshiping. Their hair's dry, because that's what happens when you're waiting in the water. And they're just like, I'll never let go, God. I'll never let go. Which segue, just like side little note, she could have saved Jack. All right, there was a there was rum on the door. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I just had to throw that in there. There was definitely rum on the door. (laughs) But the reality is, you know that image is so beautiful—a person just waiting, waiting on God in the ocean, the vast ocean. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm trusting, my arms get a little tired. (laughs) It it gets a little difficult. It gets a little cold, right? And, And you don't know how much longer you can keep your head above the water. Trust gets difficult. Other people don't have to trust like me. Man, it's so unfair. They don't have to trust. Like, I'm having the trust in this situation. Why does things feel so unfair? So I want to talk about, I'm going to give you some points. We're going to get somewhere. It's not just comedy hour. Um, But, I mean, maybe you don't think I'm funny. I don't know. (laughs) I'll take that back. Uh, You know, Ms. Kim said when we launched a church, you had this dream that they would have billboards that said, Pastor Brandon, funny man, Bilbo. Yeah, some people think he's too funny, but he always gets the, the point across. It's fun. But I want to bring us to a place in Joshua, Joshua 13 where I'll set set up the story. I'm going to read two scriptures, but this is two scriptures you'll see over and over throughout the Old Testament. So, you know, here we have the children of Israel. They're just like kicking butt, taking names. They're winning battle after battle. So what happens after they win these battles? They then take the the victories and they divide them up. They share the portions of what they, what they just got. You know, whether it's, like, property or whatever it is, they begin to divide the portion amongst the tribes, okay? So this is where we are, and this is what I want to talk about today. I'm just going to read you Joshua 13, 32. These are the inheritances that Moses distributed in the plains of Moab, beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho. So this is just one of many scenarios. But this is what it says. So they're distributing the inheritance. It says, but to the tribe of Levi... Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. So basically what happened was everybody's getting their portion. So they're going down the row like, here's your portion, here's your portion, here's your portion. They get to the Levites, and they're like, God's your portion. And listen, I love the Lord. But (laughs) they had to be like, but where's my money? You know, you ever got a, so my granny always gives me a a birthday card and in it, she has some money. And listen, I'd still love my granny if they didn't have any money, but if there was a year I opened it up and there was no money, I probably would be a little bit like, so granny, where's my portion? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You gave everybody else their portion. Where's my portion? But I put in there that I love you. I appreciate that, Granny. I love you, too. But uh, we hitting hard times. Like, where is it? But that's what's happening here. So let me, let's do this. All right? Let's do this. Anybody want some money? Yeah. You want some money? (laughs) Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Here's your portion. Thank you. Here's your portion. You were just so lovely. I just want to tell you, I love your blouse, your hair. Everything's working for you. Your glasses, I like the gradient. It's awesome. There's my illustration. You can keep that. Actually, you owe Marquise and you owe Pasta Garland. I had to hit everybody up for a little bit of money. I forgot to steal it from the kids before I left. So it's great. I'm sure you love the compliment, but you probably would have liked the money for Starbucks too, Right. that can go, you know, a little way. Uh, So that's where these children of Israel are, these Levites are. Everybody's getting their portion, but they're feeling a little skipped. And here's the deal. God blessed them. God blessed them in ways you can't imagine. They still, they managed over, you know, property and over, you know, so much. They were highly blessed. They were doing the Lord's work and they were blessed. But in that moment, if they were just looking at that moment time and time again, they probably felt a little skipped in line. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I felt like that. I felt a little skipped in line before wondering, well, God, what are you doing in this season. But I want to talk to you about some of the ways that the Lord works. Isaiah 45 15 says, truly, O God of Israel, our Savior, you work in mysterious ways. Philippians 1 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to what? Completion at the day of Jesus, and then for nothing will be impossible with God. So we serve a God who is working behind the scenes. You might feel like you're getting skipped, but you are not getting skipped. God has a blessing. He has something in store for you. He doesn't quit and he is working. But I want to talk to you about four things, and they're going to be quick things, four things to do while you're in the season of waiting. While you're in that season where you feel like every door has been closed to you, what do I do in those seasons of waiting? I believe that God's doing a few things in those seasons. He's protecting us. He's setting us up for things. He's doing several things in those seasons. So I want to talk about a few things. I don't know about y'all, y'all, but I just like to know the plan. Anybody just like to know the plan? Like I could deal with anything as long as you let me know the plan. And so like my mom, they decide to abandon me and they live in, in Texas now. <laughs> they come home very often. I'm very spoiled. And so um, it's okay. I still might need prayer, but no, I'm, I'm very, very spoiled. She's such a blessing. She's spending been the summer with me. But uh, so they live in Texas now, but it is a long drive. It's like, it depends who's driving it, but like eight to nine hours. And so maybe a little quicker for me and my dad. Um, my sister, you'll, you know, see her next week, <laughs> but... So, but the kids are like, are we getting close? Are we there yet? Are we getting close? So I have to start breaking it down. So I have to be like, well, you know how long it takes to get to Sugar's house? An hour and 10 minutes? We're, we're a trip to Sugar's house. That's Sugar, that's Gigi. So it's a trip to Sugar's house. That's how much we have left. Or, or if it's, uh, it's, it's a movie, it's a, you know, or it's, it's one episode of whatever. I have to just give them the plan. And then as long as everybody knows the plan, we're okay. So I just want to give you the plan in our waiting. Okay, can I do that today? And I'm going to try to make it uh, simple, because I need simple. So while you wait, I'm going to give you four directions you need to look. So it's all places we need to look with our eyes, okay? So while you wait, the first thing is you need to look in. The first thing we're going to look in. And I know some of you, as soon as I said that, you're like, yes, it is my fault. Everything's my fault. No, this is not meant for you to carry more shame or to carry more blame. That is not what I'm trying to do here. You might be in a situation you didn't cause, you didn't want. It's heartbreaking. It's not what God wants for you. It's just all of it's heartbreaking. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that there's a strength inside of you that comes only through the pain that you walk through. Have y'all ever seen a person and you were just like, man, How is she she getting through that? How is she so strong? I can never be strong like her. Anybody's ever felt that way looking at a person? But you absolutely could be. They didn't know the strength they had until they had to walk through that situation, until they had to walk through that fire. And there are some of you in this place, you're walking through some things right now that are pretty hard, and you didn't even realize the strength that you had until you walked through that situation. And so as we're we're trusting God, as we're waiting on Him, one of the things we need to do is we need to begin to look inside to see what the lord is working inside of us and what he's doing inside of us do you need me a switch you need, do i need to hold it out more it might just be me okay all right i'll just hold it out a little bit more too we all try <laughs> this is my mother-in-law's one i bet or is this bethany's no no it has pink lipstick <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Maddox started saying, gotcha, doctor. He wants it to be a saying that takes off, so feel free to hashtag that. <laughs> I've been slipping it in with my friends. Yeah, gotcha, doctor. And they're like, is that a thing? I'm like, yeah, totally. All kids are saying it. <laughs> Supportive parent here. All right. <laughs> But we have to look in. We have to look in and uh, and appreciate the moment. And I know that is so hard when you're going through it, when you're going through a diff- difficult situation. But you're going to appreciate it one day. You know what I'm talking about? You know those situations people come to you and you're like, Oh, you're so brokenhearted for them, but you just know they're gonna come out stronger on the other side. It's hard to see that for ourselves in the situation, but there are some things he's working out right now that you feel like is the end of the world and you feel like everything is falling apart, but you are gonna come out stronger on the other side. I love this written by David. It's a verse I preach on often, but I usually focus on the first half and I'm gonna focus on the second half. It's Psalm fifty one ten. Create in me a pure heart. That's a prayer I pray every day oh God, but this is the part, renew a steadfast spirit. So what's he saying? And look, David was a rotten egg at times, right? He was, he was bad sometimes. <laughs> and so David, as much of a mess as he was, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. And I think it's because, I think it's like when I step here, right. so I'm going to stay here, huh? You think maybe? Okay. Um, it's all good. And so David He 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 says, create a steadfast spirit. And I think, as difficult as he was, he got so much favor with God because he desired that pure heart. Every day he said, God, give me a pure heart. Give me a steadfast spirit. So what was he saying with that other half? He was saying, God, my days are hard. Come on, sometimes I'm in this cave and I'm overwhelmed and I feel like everything's falling apart. And I need you to create a steadfast spirit in me. Help me keep pushing. Help me keep pursuing. Help me in these difficult moments, because sometimes it's hard, and I feel like I can't fight anymore. Anybody ever feel that way? Just feel like I can't fight anymore? Let me tell you what the Bible says about feelings. We always say decisions lead, and feelings follow. So the Bible says, Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure who can understand it? What does that mean? Our heart is our emotions. So it means when when we feel like, oh, I just can't go on anymore. I just can't do this. Or, you know, I hate when people say, I'm going to see how I feel in the morning about that situation. I'm like, all you're saying is, I'm going to see what my emotions, you know, feel in the morning. Let's talk about what God says and just stick with that thing. Because if we just make a decision that this is what we're going to do, then it doesn't matter what our feelings are, what our emotions are. We're, we're being led by our decisions and not by our emotions. And so that's what the Bible was saying. The heart is deceitful. I hate when people say, just follow your heart. Do not follow your heart. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what a mess. Just think of his name in your head and thank God you did not follow your heart. (laughs) So, you know, we can't do that because our heart is deceitful. So what is God working? Let's look in. What is God working in me? right now, what is he trying to work inside of me? Right now, for me, sometimes, I gotta be honest, it's pride, because I just wanna do everything myself. I already told y'all. I have one kid who will let me do everything for him. And I have another kid who doesn't want me to do anything for him. And I'm just thinking like, baby, if you don't let me help you, you will probably burn this house down. (laughs) And I think in the same way, God's like, baby, if you don't let me help you, you're gonna burn this situation down, right? And so I don't know what God's working in you. I could go like through and through all my issues, um, but we don't have time for that. But there is something that God is working in, in all of us. So we have to take that time when we're in those situations to really look in to see what he's doing. Number two, so we look in and make it easy. Then we look around. We look around. I'm not talking about taking our eyes off of Jesus. I'm talking about looking around to see what he's protecting us from. What is he protecting us from? I know that there are times in my life that, oh, there are things I just wanted so badly, whether it was a relationship, whether it was a, that dream house that I just thought would you know, be perfect or that job that I thought would be perfect. And then I look back on that season and I'm like, that relationship would have robbed me of my purpose. That house would have drained me of every resource. That job and that boss would have made me lose my mind. It would have ended tragically, you know? I think we could all think of one of those things. So let's just do that. Everybody think of that thing right now. He might have a name, it might be a house, it might be a a job. Think of that thing that you just wanted so badly. You want to say, y'all got that thing in your head? Now y'all just give him some praise. It didn't work out. Amen, right? Amen. Thank God for those unanswered prayers. I'm not going to go Garth Brooks on you. But thank God for those things that didn't work out, right? We can never see what God's protecting us from in the moment. Unless we really ask him, and we might, he might not show us, you know, all the details. But but if we just ask him, he could give us that check in our spirit. He could begin to show us, you know, that he is protecting us from something. It's always so tragic to me when I see these little couples in church, and I'm like, oh, y'all are both great people, but this is just not meant to be. I'm not God or anything, but I can see it. Everybody can see it. The devil can see it. We all know, you know. But it's like they can't. You know what I'm talking about, right? But they can't see it. And it's just so frustrating. And in the same way, when we're in it, it's so hard to see. But God's protecting us from something. He's protecting us from something. There, I could just remember there was this house. That we wanted so badly. And it was a really nice house. It was just older. And I mean, Brandon and I are like visionaries. We both, we have very similar personalities. It could be a beautiful thing, or we could be lost on some rabbit trail <laughs> with some, you know, crazy ideas. And so anytime we'd find this house or, you know, something that we just loved, and there's this one in particular uh, that was right before. God did provide you know exactly what we needed because that's what the enemy will do he'll try to get you stuck in something before God brings the miracle Right, And so there's this house we just loved. We were so excited about it. I mean, I had already envisioned I was going to live to be 150. I was going to babysit the great, great, great grandkids. And and we were going to have a zip line and this. And, you know, we had it all going. We were going to renovate this, do that. In five minutes, I could recreate the whole scene to fit, you know, our dreams and our vision and everything. So we're both so excited until we bring parents in. So we bring two friends who are contractors, and they're like, listen, you could afford this house. You could. You could buy this house. You have the money. But you can't afford the issues <laughs> that are going to come with this house. The plumbing is just... You know, it's old and you're going to have some issues. And so, yes, you could afford it, but you can't afford what's to come. And I think sometimes there's situations we get ourselves into that we could afford to get into them. We were able to pay that price, but we can't afford the spiritual, emotional issues that come after those commitments and the, the heartbreak and, and all the different things that come with it. And so what are you trying to invite into your life that God is saying, I'm trying to protect you from that? Yes. What people are speaking into your life right now that are saying, mm. Maybe not. And you know, I encourage you guys, I don't have this in my notes, but I encourage you guys, sit down with people and tell them, give me the last 10%. I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you permission to give me the last 10%. I'm not going to hold you hostage for being honest. I mean, be gentle with my heart, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to be mad at you when you tell me, but give me the last 10% in this situation, the 10% that everybody else is afraid to tell me. I need you to tell me. Go to some people you trust and you love, some godly people, and, and don't be mad at them because that's the worst thing you could do because you know what they're going to say? Well, I'm never going to do that again. And then you just lost the voice that God's using in your life. And so find out because usually everybody else could see it when we can't, when we can't. And so we have to look around. We have to look around to see what God is doing. You know, he's setting us apart. Those Levites, they didn't get their portion But it wasn't because he wasn't providing for them, he was providing for them in a greater way. He was doing something bigger. But if they would have been so fixed on their portion, they would have missed out on the big thing that God was doing and I think they could have been so mad at Moses and Joshua because I think we do that we misdirect our anger sometimes well why wouldn't Moses and Joshua give me what I deserve I deserve my portion and we get mad at the wrong people when either is God protecting us from something or it's the devil we need to be mad at right we get mad at the wrong people so number three we need a number one we need to look where in And then around, and number three, we need to look beyond. We have to think eternally. What is God setting me up for? What is he setting me up for? Come on, your marriage might stink now, but he might be setting you up to have the marriage that is the example of all marriages, amen? We have to look beyond the situation to see the great setup of what he's doing behind the scenes. Y'all want to know some things that aggravate me? Not the, okay, uh, Not this. That's fine. That's just life. Um, there are some things that aggravate me in life. Whenever people ask, and I'm not just going to use pastors as a profession, but they had somebody recently that asked <laughs> Brandon. So they're like, "So uh, yeah, like you preach on the weekends. So, like, what's your job during the week? What do you do?" <laughs> my natural reaction is, well, what do you do all week, you know, but I'm like, I can't reply like that, Uh, but, you know, so, I mean, he could list, we never stop working, and people don't know what goes on beyond the scenes, and the same way with teachers, you know, people are like, teachers don't need a raise, they get off at three o'clock with their kids, they could go to school with their kids, they don't have to work in the summer, they have all their holidays off, I'm like, my mom was a teacher, I know what that was like, she was using her own money, she was working till night to try to get those lesson plans together, we don't know until we know, right? right. What goes on beyond the scenes in the same way God is moving and working beyond the scenes. He's not in heaven with his speed up, drinking a virgin pina colada, all right? <laughs> God is working. God never stops working and moving in your life but the only perspective we have is the one we can see. And God has this perspective uh, above all things. You know, he, he can look down, and see everything. I've shared this example before, but I love it. It's like when you crochet, obviously I told you I could crochet, I made that book cover and stuff. Uh, but it's like when you crochet, you see the you know image. Like if you look underneath it, you see all the little frayed things, but God has a perspective of the whole picture. He could see it, see it all. He sees more than Google Earth, y'all. You ever like played around in Google Earth? I did that for the first time last night, and I was astonished. I'm like, number one, is this even legal that they do this? And I'm like, number two, they're gonna get our kids using the potty outside one day. I'm like, it's gonna be so bad. You know, I have boys, and so, and we have a pool, so you need to go to the bathroom, you just, it's not like girls, and so I'm like, Google Earth is gonna get it one day. They're just gonna get that picture, and that's what's gonna go down, because I don't know how many years they do that, so I'm like, we're gonna be stuck with this. For 10 years, they're gonna be in college, and people are gonna be going back, looking up our address, and, And seeing that, that's just a little issue I discovered last night. All right. (laughs) It's a legit concern now, right? Y'all know, y'all know, yeah. But what does Isaiah 55 tell us? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, higher than your thoughts. God has a perspective that we just don't have. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about you. So he has a perspective. So why would we not trust him with it when he has the greatest perspective of all? He's setting you up for something. Amen. Amen. And then the last place we need to look is we need to look up. We need to be looking up the whole time as we look at those different directions. But we need to look up in and out of your tough seasons. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So I've been wanting to share this story, but I can't share it at home because I'm scared I'm going to get in trouble. Um, <laughs> like somebody's going to share it or somebody's going to be in our service and remember. I know, I know. I, I just feel like it might be okay. I'm, I might change some situations. Um I mean, it's not a horrible story, but I've felt a little bit conviction lately from the Lord. I'm like a discount shopper. I can make, like, big things happen on a little budget, okay? And I really felt like the Lord was speaking to me recently, and I could search something to death. Anybody else do that? You're just Googling, Googling, trying to get the best price until you're like, I do graphic design um, on the side. I'm like, I could have done five graphic design jobs now and paid the big price (laughs) for as much as I've searched, you know? And I felt the Lord tell me recently... You know, if you search for me as much as you search for the deal or whatever, man, some miracles happening. And so anyway, but I'm going to tell you all this story. When I talk about looking up and fixing our eyes in Jesus, I'm going to tell you one of my shopping experiences. And so I, I like a good deal. My grandmother on her grave, I found out the other day, it says, guess how much? (laughs) Uh, Because she liked a good deal. I guess it's just like generationally. So... (laughs) I found, I found these chandeliers, um, and they were like $200 chandeliers on sale for $30. Bucks. And I wanted to put a couple over my table. I wanted to put one in the bathroom. So I had, you know, these places that I wanted them. So, I mean, that's two, four, six hundred dollars for dollars for $90. That's a good deal, right? That's a great deal. And so I go to the store. Well, they're out of stock. And so there's a store that was just, like, not going to say the store. That's where I'm going to draw the line, right there. (laughs) And so they're like, listen, if you go to the other store in Thibodeau, they have them in stock. So I get there, but they're not on sale for $30. So I'm like, well, could they price match at, like, the other store? And they're like, we can't price match ourselves. We could price match, like, any other store but not ourselves. I'm like, that makes zero sense. So they're like, you could just try it if you want, though. So I buy all three of them, and I go... To the, uh, you know, to the other store and I bring them to the counter and I'm like, listen, and I didn't even lie about it. You know, I didn't make up some story because God don't like that. So I just, <laughs> I just told them the truth. I was like, listen, I got these at the other store. I was hoping you could price match them. If not, I just want to return them and get you know, my money back. And they're like, we can't price match them. I'm like, okay, can I return them and buy them right back? No, we can't do that. So I'm like, okay, just take them back. So my dream was over, you know, whatever is done. And so I get home that night and they're online, and it says you could buy them for $30 a piece and go get them the next day. So I buy them all, and then they call me. I'm so sorry, these are out of stock. So I'm like, oh, man, all right. And so I go to the store the next day, and they're behind the counter, and they're just sitting there. And they're like, oh, no, man, we can't sell them. And so then Brandon goes, and he's like, my wife was, like, wanting to buy those. And they're like, oh, no, somebody brought them in, but our manager wanted to buy them, and so we put them on the counter. That's how I felt. (laughs) Y'all, I was so mad, but I'm like, you're a pastor's wife. Don't lose more than a pastor's wife. You're a Christian. Don't lose your Christianity. So I'm like, okay, what's the craziest friend I have? Because she could go in and handle up on this for me. So I called my crazy friend. And I'm like, listen, I need you to go to the store for me. Whatever. But then the Lord convicted me and told me to stop all that. I didn't need bring somebody else in my crazy. So then I told her no, that she had to back off. She was ready. You would have gotten, you would have gotten those. Listen, if I was in another city, I might have gotten those. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> she said, I know that's right. So I'm just like, I'm going to leave it in the Lord's hands. And so I'm just like, you know, put it out my mind. And so then I had to go to the store the next day to get something else. And I'll walk by the lighting section and they're in the buggy and nobody's around. And I think they're about to restock them because they're in the buggy now, right? Is that your assumption? Okay, that's the part that's a little shady. So I just want to <laughs> make sure that everybody's with me on that. So I did what any rational person would do. They were already in a buggy. I didn't even have to get a buggy. I took that buggy, I ran all the way to the back <laughs> and a whole other section, I got a price check. And then I ran to like a self checkout line way far from customer service. I scanned them. Y'all, yeah, my heart was beating. Like I was committing a crime. I was freaking out. And so, the late, this lady goes, oh, somebody's been trying to buy those all week. I said, oh, that's nice. And I got them. I ran out. Brandon's right there. I'm like, open the back open the back I do not know if I stole three chandeliers, if I bought three chandeliers, but I have three chandeliers. I have any of those shoppers in here, right? But y'all, what if we sought the Lord like that? We were chasing and we were pushing. We were about to knock people over because all we needed was Jesus, right? Right? Y'all never going to forget. I almost put the picture because Brandon took a picture of me. (laughs) I'll try to find that for... uh... (laughs) For lunch, yeah, they got it, got it. It's been like the story of stories, you know. I'm just waiting until a detergent and, then, you know, the manager be there. <laughs> she might be watching. I got your chandeliers. <laughs> I got my portion. I got my portion. <laughs> ah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Thank you. But we have, to, we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We have got to pursue Jesus like that because that is the best you that we could ever, ever find. With him, all things are possible. What does the Bible say? It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. I didn't even have to get my friend to go crazy for me. It was great. But this is what I love, and this is what I want to end with this verse in Joshua, I read it earlier. It said, but to the tribe, it's verse thirteen thirty-three. but to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. So I guess my question is, I know when we see God first, he'll add the things that are in his will. But my question is, what if you never did get your portion? I know that doesn't sound very hopeful, but I'm living for eternity, right? I'm living with eternity on the mind. Some things on this earth would be lovely, but at the end of the day, I'm living for eternity, for his purpose, for what God has called me to do. So what if you would never get that thing you were praying for? Is he enough? Is is God, the God of Israel, enough? It says, the Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them, So if I was in line and I felt like I was getting passed over and I never got that thing, is God enough? Listen, I know God wants to bless you. I know he wants to pour out his blessings. I don't think that's how your story ends, but I think that's where he wants us to get our hearts to, to a place where I'm good either way. I'm content, like Paul said, I'm content in every season. I'm content with, I'm content without. I I could do this, whatever the season is, I can do this if God is my portion. So more than what they were handing out in line, handing out to every other tribe, is God enough? Is his presence enough? Is he enough? Is salvation enough? So my question for you is while he's setting you free, while he's setting you apart, while he's setting you up, while he's doing all these things as we look in and look around and look beyond, can you set it all aside? Is he enough is his presence enough would you bow your head with me today i just want to pray for you guys and we're going to take some we have a little bit time our luncheon starts at 12:30. Um, yeah. no yeah yep. okay okay <laughs> it's all good 12 okay so we have a little bit time for for prayer good okay Uh, God, I just thank you for every lady in this place. I thank you that you've not forgotten about us, that you've not skipped us. There's been seasons where we've all felt maybe a little slighted or a little skipped in in line and, and seasons where we didn't quite understand why every door of opportunity felt closed. We just didn't understand, God, but we know that you're still there and you love us and we know you're working behind the scenes. You're setting us up for something. You're doing something, God. And today we put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. Even when we don't understand, we give it all to you, God. We put our trust in you. But even without that thing that we so desperately want, God, whatever that is, that for every lady in this place, that is something different. Even without that thing, God, we want you to know that you are enough. Your presence is enough. What you did on the cross was more than enough. God, you're everything we'll ever need. You're better than the happiest marriage and the the, the biggest house, the biggest family, best job, whatever it might be. God, you're better than all those things. You're more than enough. We bind every lie of the enemy that would come against your daughters in this place today. That would try to make them feel inadequate. That would try try to make them feel slighted. That would try to make them feel lonely and unheard and unseen, God, because we know that you see us. You see every lady in this place today, God, and you have not left them to beg or left them to be alone. You are our portion. We thank you, Jesus. If you're in that place today where you just need a, a miracle, you need a divine move of God in your life, I just want to wanna pray with you this morning. If you just come up to the altar, if that's not where you're at, that's fine. But if that's where you're at, I just want to pray because I, I do believe that's the heart in this place today, that God, you are enough. But he's also a good, good father. Amen. And I do believe that he wants to move on your behalf. Amen. If we have altar workers, or if we don't, I'm fine to pray with everybody too. Either way, we're okay. We're good. Either way, amen. Would you just stretch your hands towards heaven? We're just going to pray for you ladies again, and then we'll go down the line and pray for y'all. God, I thank you for all these ladies at this altar today. We pray for breakthrough in their lives. I thank you for their hearts, their hearts. I could just feel the purity of their hearts for you, God. You are enough for them. You're more than enough. You're everything they ever wanted, everything they ever needed, God. But I just pray over every situation that's represented in this place today. I just pray for breakthrough, God. I thank you that you can do it, that you could do things beyond our wildest imagination, that we don't have to keep working as hard as we're working. We don't have to keep trying to build our own miracle and trying to trying to make things happen, God. It's maybe time for, for the surrender. It is time for that surrender, God, and putting our hope and our trust in you because we know that that you can do it. There is something that only you can do in every one of these situations, God. There is something, for those watching online, there is something that only you can do. We can't work enough, we can't do enough, but there is something that can only be done by the miraculous presence and power of God. So I just pray, Father, that you would move over each of these ladies, and I just pray for breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just declare breakthrough, Jesus.